Hi guys, welcome to our podcast, Mindset Makers. We're your hosts, Chelsea and Taylor, and we're here to chat to you about all things mindset through the power of self-love, gratitude, and positive thinking. We will be giving you tips on how to get through the shitty times, the good times, and everything in between. All right, so our last two episodes have been pretty lighthearted, pretty much just us to a T, I'd say. But today we're going to go into something a little bit more raw and personal for Chelsea. So I think I'm just going to be here sitting and supporting you through this. So take it away, sister. Thank you. So um, today's episode is all around uh, my miscarriage. And before I get started, I just want to say that miscarriage is something that I don't feel like it's spoken about all that much. And I almost feel like there is this stigma around miscarriage and not really enough awareness, especially considering how common it actually is. So one of the main reasons why I did want to share my story is just to help any anyone who is listening to this, who does feel alone or who is going through something similar, or even know someone going through something like this. And I think given how common it actually is, everyone is bound to know a friend or or a family member or a colleague or someone in their life who has been through a miscarriage. And I know for me personally that something that helped a lot when I was going through this was reaching out and talking to women who'd been through the exact same thing. So that is what this episode is all about. And it really is just coming from my own personal experience I'm taking that angle today and I'm not an expert and um, if this is something that is really raw for you and not something that you want to listen to, please don't stick around. There'll be no hard feelings. Um, This is purely just my story or our story. So I'm going to start by sharing um, our pregnancy story and how it came to be. So back in January 2021, Matt and I started trying for a baby and I do remember feeling sort of some signs that I was pregnant, um, a little bit spiritual. And I remember certain numbers kept popping up, particularly triple numbers and 111, 222. And I just remember having this almost like a gut feeling that I was pregnant. And I was about to go to Queensland for Australia Day weekend, the long weekend. And I think I was probably still six or seven days out from my period. But I was just so keen to test. So I did a test and it was negative because I was too early and I ended up going to Queensland, having a great time. But on the last day in Queensland, we went out for breakfast and I ordered a, I ordered Eggs Benedict and like, (laughs) I do love my Eggs Benedict and an iced coffee and it was really rich. And I just remember feeling so sick all day. Did you eat it all? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, so smashed it. But nothing out of the ordinary no, there then. <laughs> exactly. I ate it all and I just felt really bloated, really sick all day. And I remember my girlfriend was like, that is so weird. You never get any intolerances. You never get bloating. And I just said, yeah, I think it's just, you know, coming back to haunt me because I'm always the one who can eat anything. It's probably just finally coming out now. And then she's like, mm, I don't know. I really think you could be pregnant. Mm-hmm. and yeah so then left Queensland and by this stage it was Australia day and I was sitting on the couch at home and Matt had just popped out to do the food shop and I thought oh I had like still the funny feeling in my tummy I'm like oh I'm just gonna go do a test 
And I did a test and it was positive. Um, and I thought, well, I'm going to surprise Matt when he comes home. And I ended up putting like a little um, box together with the pregnancy test and just like a little onesie. And I always buy Matt all of his clothes. He's hopeless with this shopping. This was such a cute video to watch as well. Yeah, I ended up videoing his reaction and um, I just said to him, oh, come into the spare room. I bought you some new shoes. Come and check them out. And he came in and opened it up and he was just like, so shocked so and then it all sunk in and he was so excited (laughs) so happy um and we were just over the moon we raced over to my mum and dad's and told them and my brother and my sisters I think one of my sisters was away at the time which was really hard because I usually tell her instantly um I had to hold off until she got home and we told Matt's family and it was so special and I did video every one's reaction and I'm the type of person who is my girlfriends would know I'm an open book so there was no way I was going to be able to hide this pregnancy from any of my <laughs> I girlfriends. I not imagine you hiding it. No so I told you know my close circles like when do you think I told you? Like week three of your week four maybe of your pregnancy? Yeah it must have been like because we you add on, you obviously add on. Week four is when I found out. So you obviously oh, add on. Sorry, yeah, sorry. so it must be like week seven or something. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think so. It was definitely before like the 12 weeks. Yeah. We were on a walk and you told, yeah, Kelly and I. Yeah, that's walk. right. Yeah, so I was like definitely had my people around me, which looking back now, I am so grateful that I did do that and that I shared with quite a lot of people because um, ultimately that is what got me through Um when I did miscarry. So yeah, so I shared it with a lot of people. Um, and that just made that first 12 weeks. Like when I say a lot of people, I, I do remember you saying something though. This has just come to me. I yeah. remember you saying to me when you told me, she's like, it, you said, I know it's early, but if I ever did miscarry, I would want you girls to know and support me anyway. Yeah. So that's why I'm telling my closest circle of people because yeah. you as someone that needs people around you as wow. well. Wow. Yeah. Did say well, there that. you go. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember having that mindset and being like, you know, there's all these um, like suggestions, like don't tell people before you're 12 weeks, but it's sort of like, why not? Like, if you do miscarry, then, and I know girlfriends who have miscarried and just felt so alone because there wasn't many people that they did reach out to. And anyone who I didn't tell before that, um, before I miscarried, I didn't want to then reach out and be like, hey, just so you know, I was pregnant, but in the meantime, I've lost the baby. So I I was really grateful for those people who I'd already told, who'd, you know, been on that same journey with me, they felt the excitement with me and then, um, yeah, obviously were there to support me when it didn't work out. Um, Well, I should say support us. So that was around um, early days. And then I uh, went to, got to the 10-week scan and I remember feeling super anxious between like six and eight weeks just because mm. um, I know that that can be quite common time that some people can miscarry, but then really anxious as well for that 10-week um, scan and the harmony test because I was like, this is, you know, it's scary. Like there could be things that come out from this. And you won't know until then. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember like going into that um, being really anxious and then we – got our results back and everything was perfect. Like there was no issues with so this was baby. Like 10 week mark? Yeah. Yep. So I think it was like, I don't know, like 10 weeks, five days they do it at the moment. Um, and then it got to the next scan, which was our 13 week scan. And I remember we were breaking up from school on the Thursday, on which the was, Thursday, yeah. yeah, which was like 12 weeks, five days. And I really, really wanted to have my scan that day so that 
I could announce it to school and I could, you know, do my gender reveal the next day and really enjoy the holidays, not having to hide it anymore. Um, I really struggled with hiding. I had so many events for those 12 weeks, 13 weeks that I had to hide for. There was a lot of drinks being given to me. (laughs) Yeah, so many girlfriends would have to help me hide my drinks and they got a lot very drunk from that. (laughs) Sorry. Um, That was all worth it. Yeah. So then got to the 13-week scan, which was, as I said, 12 weeks, five days, and um, we went to – um, like opposite Box Hill Hospital because I was booked into um, the maternity ward at, ward at Box Hill and we went to the scan and this was honestly my favourite scan until it wasn't um, because the baby was, you know, moving around and healthy for what we knew and it was just so active and so big at that point compared to the other scans that we'd had and you could really just, it was just so exciting and I just remember Matt and I were, so happy and it was quite a long scan and the um, sonographer kept saying to me can you just go empty your bladder like you could see on the screen that my bladder was filling out really quickly and I think I went to the toilet like three times Um, and one of the times he just said to me like can you can you get up and walk around and so he's like I just can't get you know an angle of the baby and at this point I didn't really think anything of it because I always, I've got, which I didn't realize until I was pregnant, but I have a tilted uterus, which just means all my scans before this one needed to be internal. And so I didn't think anything of it when he said that he couldn't get a good reading because I just assumed it was because of the uterus and the baby not Mm. being in the right position. So anyway, he asked us to walk around and we did that a couple of times. And I remember on one of the laps going around, I looked into his little office area and I just said to Matt, I was like, I don't, uh, I feel like there's something not quite right. Your gut told you that? Yeah, like he was talking to his like colleague and I just said, "Mm, I don't know, like something might be wrong. And then I think he had the same feeling. And then we went in back into the room and he tried to get a good reading of the scan of the heart like a few more times. And he's like, oh, I just can't get the heart. And then, um, Sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It's all like coming back up, I think. Um, funny because you said to me, will I cry? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so then the sonographer just said to us, um, look, he was really positive and he was incredible and he said, baby's at a great um, weight and, you know, everything, every other organ is perfect like there's nothing wrong healthy he said but I I am a little bit concerned about the heart he just said you know a normal heart he didn't word it like this but since realizing our baby only had two chambers and a normal heart has four chambers and he just said you know I'm not a specialist in this area and you'll need to go and see a cardiologist basically a cardiologist but I think they specialize in Um, pregnancy and checking the baby's heart and it was amazing he passed everything on to Box Hill and that was our next step we had to go and um, book in everything for um, it was ages later though wasn't it yeah well what ended up happening so this was the Thursday before Good Friday Good Friday so it was going to be like quite a long process and I just remember we left there I was supposed to be going back to school um, and announcing it to my whole staff like 
I'd already told my principal and he'd put out like the game show where you know something exciting is happening in the game show. Like it could be someone's promotion, it could be a pregnancy, it could be a retirement. So everyone knew something was happening already. Yeah. yeah. And then I just I remember I called you like when I left the hospital and yeah. I was just in tears and I just said I told you what had happened and I just said I'm not coming back to school obviously and you just said something's not right yeah and told my principal like don't announce it and then after that I just remember feeling like I needed answers then and there and it wasn't going to be until you know Tuesday or Wednesday the next week so it was nearly going to be a whole week that we would have had to just wait and then go and do all these other tests and we went, I got my mum to come with Matt and I and we uh, went and spoke with the head of the maternity ward at Box Hill and she was amazing as well and she just, since then, my mum has said to me that she knew something was wrong because the lady just couldn't even look me in the eyes, like she knew it was bad mm. and she went through all of our next steps and it just sounded oh, so horrible what we were going to have to do and I really, really didn't want to do that. We would have had to get um, all like these needles put in and sort of to see if there was something wrong with the baby, like chromosomes and everything that could be leading to the heart defects. And we were also given the positive sides, like it could be a little hole and that could heal itself. And, you know, sometimes babies are born with only like not half a heart, but a with, few holes yeah, in with heart, heart defects yeah. and it can, they just fix themselves. So I honestly left the hospital and both Matt and I were, feeling positive we were trying to tell ourselves like no it's all going to be okay it's it's going to work out and I actually remember that night saying like to the universe please give me a sign like if everything's going to be okay give me a sign either way almost and Mm. um I remember we were around family that night and I was with my nephew and it yeah I was feeling okay I was feeling really positive at that point and then went to sleep that night and I slept fine and I woke up in the morning and I just had really, really bad cramps. And I remember I went to the toilet and I knew my whole pregnancy that if you see blood while also feeling cramps, like that's bad. And I just, obviously there was a lot of blood um, Mm. and I almost felt something like pass through me and the cramps were quite intense. And after that, you continue to pass blood for quite a long time and it's they're like clots almost and I said to Matt I I remember feeling really calm and like numb I guess and I just said to Matt we're having a miscarriage and he was he was like what he was just so shocked because did he think you were just in like a negative mind frame about it I I don't I think he just didn't quite comprehend that it could happen like that, like, mm. and what was happening in that moment. And I think he almost was still holding on to a little bit of hope. Whereas I knew, and I also knew that what I had passed was the baby because when I um, felt it pass through me, I looked in the toilet and at that point there wasn't any blood. Whereas when you're passing through the clots, which actually feel like a similar sensation almost, um, there is a lot of blood in the toilet. Sorry, it's very graphic, I know. And then... So we ended up going to Box Hill Hospital, which looking back, we didn't need to do that. We could have, you know, ridden out at home. And at that point, there's nothing that they can do. Um, 
you know, when you are having a miscarriage and you're at that point and we, but anyway, we did go because we didn't realise and we. You probably didn't 100% know you were having a miscarriage at that point. Like you hold on to any hope that you have. Yeah. And then we got to the hospital and it was Good Friday, as I said. So we were there for quite a long time because sonographers and everything weren't there. And eventually a sonographer did come and they did an ultrasound and confirmed what I already knew that we had miscarried and there was no baby there but I think really confirmed it for Matt um and after that we had to stay at the hospital for quite a long time like this would be we would have gone there at like seven in the morning and I think we we got home at three so yeah that side of it wasn't fun either like not only are you um dealing with you know the physical and the emotional side of it you're also like stuck in the hospital and just really wanting to get out but that was okay we got home and um again around family and um I am the type of person that likes to talk about these things like I like to to talk to people and that's my therapy like I feel like I straight away wanted to pick up my phone and like message people and be like this is happening um whereas Matt's a lot more private and like it took him a little while even to just want to tell his mum and dad and his um, sister and so I completely respect that as well. Um, but, yeah, I think having those answers that we did on the Thursday um, that, you know, the baby's heart was it, like the baby would never have survived with half a heart. It wasn't just like a little hole, which is what we were sort of um, hoping for when we did speak with um the sonographer and also the lady at the hospital. So, yeah, I, I am grateful in that we we did have answers as to why this happened to us. It wasn't – there was no guilt, which I think with miscarriage um, a lot of the time there is a lot of guilt around it. Like did I do enough? Was it something that I did? Um, and for me I think I had those answers. There's nothing you could have done. No, yeah, so that definitely – um, looking at it from that perspective, I, I was really grateful that I knew that why it happened, but also I didn't have to go through all of those tests and I didn't have to, you know, come to that decision myself. It happened naturally and it happened without, like, I didn't have to witness any of it either. So, yeah. This is literally what I mean about Chelsea, though. Look, listen to you. You <laughs> had a really rubbish time and she still thinks about all the positive things. Like that has been you throughout this whole time mm. from day one. Yeah, and I think focusing on the fact that, you know, we can fall pregnant um, is has definitely helped. Uh, hasn't happened yet, but hopefully. But it will. It will. Um, yeah. What was the hardest part of all of it for you? Absolute hardest part. For me, it was... And again, it's my own personal thing, but going through those first 12, it was pretty much 13 weeks and, you know, feeling that excitement and that relief of like, wow, we've obviously we haven't made it to the end of the pregnancy, but we've made it to a point where we can now share it and um, it's not a secret anymore. Like literally and the next day we were going to be finding out the gender and, yeah, still to this day we're um, a little bit raw to look at that envelope and find out what the what the gender was. Maybe one day we'll look back and and um, find out. But, yeah, I think 
at the moment. Still healing. Yeah. It's not been that long. No. At all. So, yeah, probably getting to that stage in the pregnancy and I just could not even imagine like and I – it just breaks my heart for all those women out there who do get even further than me. Like, you know, 13 weeks, that's only a third of the way through. Um, so I'm not even. So I can't imagine those poor, poor women who get further than that and have the same thing happen. But, mm. yeah, that was probably the hardest part. And how did Matt cope after, like, so you get through the initial days mm. that happening. How did Matt cope from there on out? Yeah, so I think um, the hardest part for Matt was that day when we were in the hospital. Like, and as I said, he was definitely holding on to hope. I think that it it wasn't we hadn't miscarried, and you know maybe there was something that we could do. And in our thirteen week scan, he was sitting in the same position as what he was when we were at the hospital with the sonographer. And you know, on the Thursday, baby's happy moving around like amazing it was so beautiful and then on the Friday like there's nothing in there there's nothing even in the sack and I couldn't even bring myself to look because I knew that I had passed that baby like I I knew that there wouldn't be anything there and he Matt still looked I just remember the light just like leaving his eyes like it was just horrible I knew that it had sunk in for him Mm, um but the other thing is I remember my dad getting a text from one of his good friends and he was just like obviously like absolutely heartbreaking for both of us but he just said to dad like make sure you guys get around Matt because you know Something quite often not really spoken about is yeah it? and I think quite often like it's all about the female like you know they're the one who are feeling it physically and both of you are feeling it emotionally but I think there is a lot more focus on the female and I was really really grateful that everyone really got around Matt and I made such a conscious effort to always like be there for him as well because he's, yeah, he's incredible for me and he's such a big support and he just always would say like, I just want to make sure you're okay, but it's huge for both of you. And I think that's probably the best advice I could ever give anybody is like make sure you really consider both parties because it's just as raw and it's just as real for the male. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. So what are some tips that you would give to people who are supporting a friend through a miscarriage like I know when you were going through it it was really hard to know what to say what to do Mm. other than just be there yeah but I I've never had a friend go through that and I'd never had a friend that I'd been there every step of the way through the pregnancy for yeah so I yeah I guess it would be good to know how to properly support a friend through that from someone who's been through it. Yeah, and I think you said it perfectly. Like all you really can do for someone in that situation is be there. Like there is no words or no actions that you can take that will help someone in that situation. And it's the same with any grief. Like you really have to pick your words carefully. And I just want to start by saying like I have the most amazing supportive family and friends and no one like rubbed me up the wrong way or anything like that um and also the thing that I think was the hardest is like you said like not many of our girlfriends have been through this and not many people super close to me like obviously I do have people in my life that have gone through a miscarriage but there wasn't a lot in our friendship group who I guess you're one of the first people that was falling pregnant in our friendship group as well so yeah it's unknown territory exactly and so I really think that Everyone in my life was incredible in that time. Um, And as I said, like your words are really important. I think, um, you know, saying things like 
at least, you know, you can fall pregnant or now isn't the right time for you, you know, like maybe it will happen when you're ready. And I just think that those type of comments are a little bit of a slap in the face. Like I am a spiritual person as well and I do believe in everything happens for a reason. But I think telling someone like maybe you're not ready at the moment, it's like, well, no, I am ready and that's why we started trying. Um, Yeah, those type of comments can almost be a little bit hurtful and I think you're so much better off in any situation where someone's hurting is just being like, I'm so, so sorry. Like I honestly... I can't even imagine what you're going through. Like I'm here for you every step of the way. Or even just something like that's really shit. I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with this. Um, please let me know if there's anything at all I can do. Acknowledging that yeah. it's absolute shit. Yeah, just like acknowledging that and not trying to take away someone's pain through those type of comments because I think they do end up backfiring. And I'm not like I'm not a sensitive person in in that I took any of the comments that anyone made to me to heart I don't I can't even recall a single negative comment like that but yeah I do think that those comments can be a little bit um, taken the wrong way so if I could give any advice it would just be to choose your words carefully um, and yeah just be there for them like yes they and I've even said it before, like, yes, I know that I can fall pregnant, but maybe my issue is around like holding the baby. Like you just don't know what someone else is going through um, or what what their mind is telling them. So yeah, just really important to be super understanding and just leave it simple. Like, I'm just so sorry, you know? It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody shit. Yeah, it is (laughs) shit. It is absolutely shit. But you did handle it amazingly. I have to say like, you went through that miscarriage on the Friday mm. and Easter Sunday you came on a camping trip. Yeah, that was the other thing. Um, Matt with, forced you to come. Oh, that's actually probably the thing around um, one of the tricky things that I go that I went through as well. I feel like you because I didn't really realise much about the physical side of it, like obviously it's so emotionally devastating, but the physical side of it as well, like you don't realise that you're still going to be passing gross but you're still passing blood for like a week and oh this is actually my this is can I go back and change my answer this is actually my hardest thing that yeah, I have to deal can, with this is your story <laughs> you can change your answer at any point yeah so definitely this because I so yeah I've decided you know what I'm gonna go back to mindset I'm gonna get myself out of the house I'm gonna do something and I am so grateful that I did go on that camping trip because I had a really really good time you and, only came for a night but I yeah. think it was a really good night for yeah. you to get out but also Good on you and, like, Matt is just the most supportive husband. To, like, mm. he was going through this trip and he was like, no, Chelsea needs to go on this trip yeah. with her work friends and mm. get out of the house. And he just wanted to watch Carlton play footy. <laughs> Probably. He did, I swear. Because <laughs> I remember we were inviting him. I messaged yeah. him and I said, come on this trip. And That's he, right. He just wanted to watch his footy yeah. on the couch. That's him. Love it. Sit with Koa. Yeah. Yeah, so I did end up going and – um, I had a really good time, as I said, but in the morning we were, you guys were relocating. So you're moving all of your camping gear to a new spot. And I was like, you know, I'll help like, mm. and I was helping move some things and I think it was quite hot and I had just put like some shorts on and all of a sudden I was standing with a girl, one of our girlfriends and mm. it just like came out, like blood just came out mm. and was like, which is, yeah, like that never happens 
to me and but you've never been through this no I meant like with yeah with a period like you know that would just not happen like just running down your leg like that's like your worst nightmare with a period like yeah and that literally happened it just started coming down my leg and I was like mortified because you know there was so many guys and girls like on this trip and luckily there wasn't anyone around it was only my friend Christy and she was amazing and she like went and grabbed me all this stuff and I just like Oh, it was, yeah, that was the mortifying. And then so that continued on for maybe like a, uh, I reckon it was less than a week. Anyway, I get a call on maybe like the Tuesday and they're like, look, we've found traces still left um, from the baby. You're either going to need to take like these tablets or you're going to need to have a DNC, like a curette. And Can you explain what that is? Because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. You- oh gosh, I'm no medical expert, but basically it. So before the curette, they give you like this tablet, which like widens up your cervix. I'm really sorry if I'm like explaining this wrong, guys. Um, and then you go in and you go under for surgery. And then basically they go up there and they clear everything out. So like a lot of, you don't have to have a miscarriage to go through this. A lot of women actually choose to do this to clear everything out down there and like make it easier to fall pregnant. And I had heard like, oh, it makes things a lot easier to fall pregnant because it's all clear, cleared out down there. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to opt for the DNC. So I went in and um, had it like, so first of all, went in had the tablets, that was all fine. And as I was going in to have the like the surgery, they were trying to put in the, um, what is it called? Like the cath- Your drip. Oh, the, the, yeah, maybe it was like a drip, but they were trying to put it in. Yeah. And not joking, they did had to do it like about four different times. By the time that they finally got it in, I went faint and I was literally shaking on the bed like, completely lost all color in my face so like she's fainting and then they had to um drop me down low so that like all the blood was rushing oh it was just horrible like I just Mm -hmm. felt so sick and then they still had to obviously operate so they might not operate but whatever it's called so they moved me over onto the thing I'm still like fully shaking I was freezing like it was horrible See, this is just the things that you would never know yeah miscarriage yeah and then I just remember waking up and it was over and I felt so yuck and violated like I remember Matt came to pick me up and I was just like I just feel so yuck and then they (laughs) said to me oh also you can't swim for two weeks um you can't go in water for two weeks and we were about to go on our mini honeymoon um on the Saturday so like I wasn't going to be able to swim the whole time we were there and I was just like so upset that I had opted for this because I'm like I probably would have done the tablets and just passed like whatever was left naturally um but anyway so we did that and then the whole and then I had my girlfriend's we had our really close friend's wedding yeah on the Friday and this was the Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so I had, had the cure on the Thursday and then the Friday had the wedding. And I had um, offered to video their wedding for them. This is um, just Chelsea to a T as well. <laughs> like It was actually so fun. I loved it. She, but You've just been going through probably the worst week of your life mm. and she still shows up for a wedding, videos the whole thing, <laughs> but also would never, ever have anything that is too much for anyone you were happy to do it 
yeah. genuinely happy to do it. And again, I was so glad that I um that I was able to go and able to do that because it was so much fun. But the whole time, of course, I'm worrying about like, is my pad showing? Am I bleeding too heavily? Like just all that physical side of it is just horrible. So looking back, that was the worst part. The, mm. the physical side that you don't actually realize, like obviously the emotional side is, yeah, like it's it's horrible, but I didn't realize that I would, and it's just that constant reminder, like I'm still bleeding. And I remember feeling like with the curate, like now it's final. Like even though it was already final, I just left there feeling really yucky. And I know some people have a really, really good experience with the curate. I'm not taking away from them. But for me personally, I just think, yeah, it wasn't for me. But yeah, so that is our story. I feel like you have done so well. In <laughs> we had a bit of that. a rocky start there. How? Well, I got a little bit upset. Okay. <laughs> so I think more than fine to get upset. And I think that just shows how raw this is. And also just how strong you really are because you have gotten through this so amazingly. I, there's so many people I know that would just crumble through something like this mm. and lose all hope and focus on the negatives, but you've been positive throughout all of this and I think that you're inspiring. Oh, thanks, Tay. But, yeah, I do think that even though my mindset is quite positive now and I am in a good place, I also think that it's so important to let yourself feel every single emotion as you're going through it and really let yourself heal. Like there's no way, and you can even see just from this episode, I am obviously still healing as well and I let myself feel what I need to in those moments. And back going back to the guilt thing, like there is no way that it is anyone's fault. Um, these things happen and they're completely out of our control. And... I just hope that by sharing my story, there are some people out there who can relate and who have been able to get something out of it. Because as I said, the thing that helped me the most was chatting to people who had been through this exact same thing. And quite often, a lot of them did have, you know, beautiful, healthy babies now. And I think that's just a message to everyone going through it, that soon this will be just a distant memory. And I'm sure you will have a beautiful, healthy baby and I hope to have the same. So thank you so much for listening to this episode today and we will see you all again next week. What's happening next week, Chelsea? Oh, next week we're actually going a little bit into your life, which oh, I'm very excited how lovely. So stick around for that one, guys. Lots of juicy things to come. <laughs> see you then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed our podcast, please hit subscribe and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at mindsetmakers with an underscore. We will see you again next week. Until then, happy mindset making.